with Chip Nellinger. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Wheel, the premier ag tire and wheel provider in North America, helping people grow. Chip, how you doing, bud? Uh, doing well, Casey. I'm down in uh, Louisville, Kentucky at the, uh, not at the farm uh, machinery show right now, but uh, went there yesterday and I'm yeah. uh, going to go tomorrow. So Yeah, I was down there this week as well. And it's uh, it never, it's been a while since I've been to that show. Um, it's probably been I bet it's been ten years since I've been to that show, but it was uh, it was equally equally as full as it was ten years ago. So there was uh, plenty of stuff to look at while I was there. That is for sure. They pack it in there. They and, do. Uh, I tell you, I drew. I left uh, Wednesday. Uh, I'm trying to get this right. Wednesday about noon um, out of Peoria because we were going to get some snow. So I wanted to get out of there ahead of big snowing. We got five six inches of snow at home. And uh, I basically, you know, about the Illinois-Indiana border, it kind of turned from snow to rain. And I'm telling you, all the way for four hours straight, I drove through rain. And I don't like heavy rain. And, you know, I'm not I don't want to be that guy about the wet spring. But I'm telling you, over this way, it's wet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's water everywhere. All the rivers are are out. Um, It's not. It's good, right? I mean, if it straightens out, we're going to have tons of subsoil moisture there for a long time. But yeah. man, it, it's got the makings um, of a, a potentially, uh, you know, wet spring, and no one wants that after what we went through last spring. Yep. No, yeah. There's. Uh, I've read lots of reports about this kind of wetness we see here, and then all of a sudden, uh, it kind of shuts off. And we're going to have a a below average uh, amount of moisture and then a hot dry summer type of thing so we'll see uh, la nina i think is what they what they're calling for now so the el nino so i guess that's the opposite i'm not a weather guy but i can tell you uh i did sleep at a uh what's that holiday Inn express so keeping it real <laughs> i'm not a weather guy either but uh i know i just drove through uh yeah, it did rain. It did rain. Yeah, I was in uh, Louisville from Monday. It was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Flew out Wednesday afternoon. It rained on me the whole time I was there. So, yeah, there was no no lack of moisture in the air. That's for darn sure. That is for darn sure. Well, speaking of large crowds, it looks like the coronavirus is uh, throwing its uh, evil head around still, and there's plenty of uh, plenty of uh, talk in the air that this coronavirus thing. Because today is supposed to be the official day of the phase one china deal is supposed to take place starting today correct am i right about that uh actually i think it's like midnight uh, i think it's tomorrow midnight tomorrow okay midnight tonight or something gotcha so it's just a midnight on the 15th gotcha okay so there is a uh plenty of talk in the air that this coronavirus is gonna um not necessarily derail but delay um any purchases china was supposed to have made here on this first round Opening day of uh, phase one, and also looks like the uh, big trade deal that that Trump is working with China. Also, the coronavirus is going to have some stuff with that. So there's uh, plenty of stuff going on with that coronavirus. Um, it's I, the market's kind of opened up a little shaky today. They were shaky yesterday. 
I don't suspect that they're going to be less shaky moving throughout the day, depending on what happens with this with this uh, first round of uh, buying. So, I mean, I guess what's your thought on that, and, and where do you see? I guess what are your thoughts on the overall kind of this hinge point we're seeing right now? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, to, to kind of throw another wrinkle into that, we've got a long weekend here. There's no markets yeah. Monday for President's Day. President's so Day. You, you've had that long weekend. Are we going to get any news headlines on the coronavirus? Uh, are we going to walk in you know, over the weekend or Monday, Tuesday, and China starts buying? I think there's a lot of hope that, that they do um, start buying. But, you know, it's it's kind of up in the air. So we could have some really volatile markets going forward here, uh, more volatile than they have been. I think if they do show any signs of actual buying, no matter what it is, it's going to give us a nice lift in all our ag markets, the grains and the and the livestock markets. Uh, we get into, you know, the end of next week and, and the beginning of the week following, and we haven't seen any signs of any Chinese buying. I think that's going to be a big disappointment to the market. And um, so, you know, I think we're coming into kind of a critical time frame here where the market psychology really wants to see them uh, buy soon, uh, you know, maybe as soon as next week. And uh, the longer it goes without those purchases, I, I think the, the worse it will be for the market. You've got, um, you know, Brazil is a big headwind right now. They're, you know, into harvest and it looks like it's a, a record crop maybe by a big amount. Yeah. And so that's kind of given us a little bit of a headwind here. And obviously this coronavirus thing is a big unknown on what that's going to do to Chinese growth and then world growth. And, uh, you know, I think everyone, not to be all conspiracy theorists, I, I think everyone in the world outside of China is uh, holding their breath a little bit, wondering, you know, how much of the real story are we getting out of there? You lock down 400 million people. Um, you know, it's, there's some bad, bad things going on, you know, yeah. or at least the fear of, of a real bad situation. And, uh, are we getting all that, uh, information and, you know, how, how much of an effect is that going to have on world growth? And, and so those are all unknowns. We're just going to have to wait and see on. Yep. <clears throat> Tons of stuff out there that just going crazy. Um, looks like the French have, come out with a report showing that their soft red winter wheat crop is a little bit less uh, quality than what they thought um, at start of the year uh, going into uh, going into winter this year. So I guess you should see some some moves in wheat, which I think we've been seeing that. We've been watching the wheat market kind of have a slow but steady rise, and I think this could give that, that boost, especially what's going on here. And talk of coronavirus over in in Russia and Ukraine and everywhere else, and and then what's going on in Australia as far as uh, drought and everything else out there. So the wheat market should be in, in pretty good shape as as far as to show some pretty steady climbs and in going into uh, going into the spring. Yeah, the wheat market's been <clears throat> uh, quietly the the leader here, honestly, and um, a little bit of a head scratcher, like you mentioned. There's a little. There's nothing major that you can put your finger on, but little little things. You know, Australia's had their their problems with drought. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions on the Russian size of the Russian crop, and they've given some conflicting, you know, reports of uh, how much they have and how much they're going to sell. And then the, the you know the European crop, 
And the, the bottom line is the, uh, I guess the bellwether is the world cash markets and they just continue to slowly creep up. That tells you all you need to know uh, about supplies of wheat. And it, it does look like the world demand has been pretty good as well. And, um, you know, bits and pieces of that have come from the United States. Uh, we haven't just been stellar um, export sales on the wheat, but uh, they've been solid at times. And so we've had a nice a nice run in the wheat. The, the fearful thing about wheat is the funds are long. I don't estimate probably 40,000 contracts, a little more. It's starting to get to be a pretty healthy, long position. And so you got to be and, and we've seen some. I guess uh, cracks in the armor, maybe on the on the chart where, uh, you know, we're 30 plus cents off the highs and, and it broke a trend line and, you know, violated some previous lows. So you're seeing maybe some warning signs of, of a potential top. But, um, you know, in the environment you're in with the potential for Chinese demand out of this phase one trade deal, you're, you're going to probably keep a little bit of a floor underneath of it until you sift out um you know if china's going to buy and then what they're going to buy because wheat has been rumored to be towards the top of that list of things that they are going to actually need um you know sooner rather than later so uh, wheat could be a big benefactor of uh this uh, phase one trade deal and you've got some bullish fundamentals and it's certainly uh, been the the shining star of the grain markets here over the last several months yeah Yep, that is uh, that is definitely the truth. So, looking at the the hog market, it's been bouncing around all over the place. We had limit up, and then we've had some uh, some sell off since then. But right now, it looks like um, you know pork has been kind of back and forth this week. So, talk about the hog market. What you see happening there? Yeah, well, that you know the hog market um, is just critically needs Chinese demand. Yeah, um, we're just the problem is we're oversupplied. <clears throat> And in a big way, not in a little way, we just have produced ourselves into a corner domestically. And um, and the cash market just can't seem to catch a bit. It's just like a couple of days ago. It's, it's kind of stabilized, but earlier in the week, it just took another big drop um, on, on cash prices. So we desperately need that Chinese demand. The, the crazy thing is about, um, you know, Thursday mornings, we get the export sales reports. And in years past, nobody you know, cared about the beef or pork sales. They just were, were what they were. And, you know, 12,000 tons, 15,000 tons, that'd be an okay week. Well, in the, in the hogs, we've been selling, you know, 28 to 38,000 um, tons a week. I mean, pretty good numbers. And China's there almost every week in a small amount. So they are buying, they have been buying. Uh, that's the friendly thing about this. Uh, but it's not a big enough um, earth-shattering number that uh, the market needs to see to shake us out of um, this range that we've been in. So we're down near the lows and everything. We've tried to rally. Um, the market desperately needs to see some bigger Chinese purchases as part of this phase one trade deal. And with all the problems they've had with the uh, you know, African swine flu, um, you would, you know, I mean, Pork is at the top of the list of what they're going to buy if Absolutely. they're going to start buying stuff. Yeah, and, But the market just needs to see the confirmation, and then I think you can have a nice rally. But, man, we, we've we backed ourselves into a corner of production. It just seems like for four or five years running, we're growing the hog herd by, you know, 2 3% a year. And, and we're really, really uh, seeing the effects of that. We just can't see prices sustain any type of a rally. 
Yep. So the cattle market is, is another one there, and there's an article here. I'm looking at uh, Pro Farmer, and they're talking about uh, cattle futures are still looking for a low. Um, <clears throat> they have been uh, kind of all over the board, back and forth, up one day, down the next, and everything in between. So I guess what's uh, what's the big deal there, and, and how's that how's that market shaking out? Yeah, we my, my fingers are crossed that we may have found a temporary low uh, yesterday, actually two days ago. Uh, if we can close the week strong, I think that maybe the worst will be behind us. So, you know, th- I think that just got caught up in the typical, um, you know, scare about is is the world growth slowing with this coronavirus thing. And, you know, a lot of outside financial markets have, have taken a hit. And and the, we probably got a little too far ahead of ourselves. Um, you know, trading just shy of one thirty at the highs in April cattle here a few weeks ago. The the funds were loaded up long. They've liquidated a lot of that, um, and so we're in a better position now in the cattle markets to maybe put a rally in. And you know, I, I like the way the market's acting, especially we can close strong uh, today to end the week. Um, I think that uh, maybe the worst is behind us. In, in cattle and seasonally, um, you know, for a little period here, um, you know, maybe going into uh, March, April, we typically see stronger uh, cattle prices and stronger box beef. And so hopefully we can see that. And, you know, again, like all these other markets, hopeful of uh, maybe beef is going to be part of this uh, Chinese trade deal uh, if and when they start buying. So there's a little bit of optimism there that demand could uh, could be good on the, on the beef side as well yeah <clears throat> yeah so i mean kind of to your point earlier on the on the hogs and the beef you know beef would be also uh uh falling into this as well but i mean china just keeps releasing more and more of their strategic reserves um out of their out of the frozen frozen pork they have um in country there that they have just kind of set back for a rainy day and and uh as soon as they can you got to think they're going to start hammering the, the proteins and getting that stuff um so they can start replenishing some of the stuff just because of the way pork prices have gotten in uh, in China right now, so you got to think that's going to be the first thing they just start buying as much as they can, as fast as they can. Yeah, uh, and, and that could happen soon. You know, yep. I mean, that is something they they desperately need. Obviously, just looking at their internal prices, like you mentioned, and uh, that'll be a breath of fresh air. You know, we get to next Thursday. Actually, it might be Friday. I'm not sure about the USC offices. So our normal um, because of the holiday. Mm-hmm. We might not get that export sales report until Friday morning, but uh, that would be a breath of fresh air if they uh, if you saw China in there. Typically, they've been you know for a couple I don't know two months straight. They take about uh, you know from two thousand to thirty five hundred, uh, just shy of, of uh, four thousand tons a week. You know if you see them uh, bump that up to a bigger, much bigger number next week, I think that will really light a fire under uh, the hog market and give us a nice balance. I'm not saying you're going to new all-time highs because we do have a lot of supply to get through, but uh, be nice to see a big bump in demand there from China to maybe give us a nice balance. All right. Well, good stuff as usual, Chip. If folks want to reach out to you and start working on that plan or uh, kind of have you check over a plan that they're working on, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, best way is just call our office, 309-550-7213. We'd love to chat with you and uh kind of give you our philosophy of uh what a marketing plan looks like and uh and maybe give you a second set of eyes and ears on uh on what you're doing uh with your own marketing plan and how you might be able to improve that 
Right on. Well, this is Casey Seymour uh, with Moving Iron Podcast. Uh, make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Also, hit me up on um, my website at movingironllc.com. Uh, send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. And also, uh, check out the Global Ag Network for all the great podcasters that are out there as well. So, for Chip Nellinger, I'm Casey Seymour. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out. Moving iron. In the 21st century Hard-working people Working hard for you and me Moving higher Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here